Warning, the Motion Picture Association of America requires that we inform you that this episode of Derek and Mindy's Fun with Movies contains massive spoilers that could ruin a first-time screening of the film covered in this episode. So, if you don't want to know that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's that Goose in Top Gun, that is really Kaiser Sose at the end of The Usual Suspects, or that Bruce Willis was a the whole time in The Sixth Sense, then proceed with caution. Powered by Transistor FM. Grab your popcorn, silence your phones, and tell your friends to shut up. Do not adjust your projector settings because what you're about to hear is real. The Derek Duvall Show presents Derek and Mindy's Fun with Movies. Prepare yourself for insight and honest reviews from a married couple with varying movie tastes. Hot takes, hotter insights, and news you can use. Now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Production Bunker, it's Mindy and Derek Duvall! Hello, Duvall Nation. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hey, thank you, everyone. Please, thank you. Sit. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to another fantastic episode of Derek and Mindy's Fun with Movies. All right. Hi, Mindy. How you doing? Great. How are you, Derek? I'm doing good. Are you surviving the summer heat? No, I'd like to hibernate. I like to do like a reverse hibernation where I sleep all summer and wake up for the cooler months. All right. Well, pry your eyes open and tell us what <laughs> film are we going to be talking about today? Today, we are going to be talking about the 1995 classic Seven starring Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. Oh, this movie. I tell you what. Uh, basically, this movie is uh, two detectives trying to stop a ruthless and brutal serial killer who uses the seven deadly sins as a motive for his crimes. Would you say that's a pretty reasonable sum up of it? <laughs> I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> All right. So what did you know about this movie going into it? Well, this is a very old movie, so I've seen this movie several times before our recent viewing. Um, I was actually telling you when we moved into our new house and when we finally got our home theater built, this was the first movie that I watched in the home theater. I watched it by myself because you were like, I don't remember when's the last time we saw this. And I was like, oh, I know exactly when it was. It was like the first couple months after we finished the home theater. So Nice. Um, first time I ever saw it was with you. I had never seen it until we had met. I think we were about a year into our courtship and you were like, Hey, I've got this really, really messed up movie that I think you should watch. And <laughs> so I sat down and I, and I knew nothing about the plot. I knew nothing about, you know, the, the surprise ending, anything. And it was awesome to watch it with you. And it, it watching it again, I think this is the first time I've seen it since then. And it holds up damn really well. I agree. Yes, yeah. I've seen this movie several times. I, I, I enjoyed this movie, but I like psychological crime thriller yeah. type movies. So this is right up my alley. What part I, I was sitting here watching it this time, and I'm trying to remember why exactly I had never seen it before I met you. And that was one of those things like I, I obviously I get like the, the chick flicks, like Pretty Woman and Dirty Dancing. But this is something that I kind of really slipped under my radar. And uh, I yeah, it's it's a yeah. I'm glad I could introduce you to this movie. Yeah. So let's go ahead and check out Mindy's notebook, because I know she's probably been jotting down like the serial killer in the movie. Hundreds of notes, random notes. 
<laughs> Except for mine are much more legible and not a crazy person. So there's that. <laughs> So uh, one thing I wrote down is that Mills and Somerset are total opposites. So Somerset is the one that's getting ready to retire. So he's, you know, seasoned and, and you know, kind of, I've had enough of this. I need to just retire. I've seen too much. Like, it's, it's too much. And Mills is new, shiny. He used to be a detective somewhere else, but not in New York City. And he just uh, is a little out of his depth here. But... They're just total opposites. Like one likes to listen to classical music and go to the library. And the other one just, you know, drinks beer and hangs out with his dogs. So, mm-hmm. so, um, so that's one thing I wrote down. So would you say this movie takes place in L.A., though? I thought it was L.A., not New York. I uh, I think it was New York. Because, because she references the desert in the end, though. There's no desert up in New York. Mm, maybe it's in Jersey. That's a good point. I don't know. In my mind, I just always thought it was New York because she talks about ups like this is different than upstate. So, you know, usually people talk about upstate New York. Let's see where it's set. The location of seven is unspecified, although it bears a strong resemblance to New York City. Many viewers assume the film is is in New York City. However, the police badges used by the police don't identify a setting. They simply say metropolitan. Interesting. That is interesting. But the last scene was filmed in Lancaster, California. So there you go. There you go. All right. Um, so something else I wrote that I thought was funny, they're using typewriters and pagers. Like that's how old this movie is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also wrote down because we had recently, just a few weeks ago, watched The Usual Suspects. And so I wrote mm-hmm. down when they're chase- doing the chase, when they catch John Doe or show up at his apartment, they're chasing him and he's running with a limp. Although I think mm-hmm. he walks in just fine later. So I thought maybe that was a nod to the usual suspects where he's, you know, went from limping to not limping. So, so basically, like I said, he's now responsible for two amazing, um, you know, surprises, you know, surprises. Oh yes. That, that, and this are very much good yeah. surprised ending. Um, so something else I wrote, he rode to the police station covered in blood. Like it, it was all over his shirt and his hands. Like he just got in a cab and they, I guess that may be another reason I think it's set in New York city. They probably wouldn't think anything of it. <laughs> I think he drove that. I think he made that, that cab driver drive with a gun point. He probably left the gun in the car because no cab driver just like, okay, you know? So. Yeah, that, that could be true. Um, I said, I also wrote down, they should have just waited for the bomb squad. This whole, you know, Thing could have been avoided if they would just like they were like oh there's a box we should have the bomb squad look at it that seems like a reasonable choice mm-hmm. they skipped that part and like nah i'm just gonna go ahead and open it and that's really yeah. why he did what he did um i also wrote down that somerset could have done more to stop mills he was just like no nah, man put that put down the gun put down the gun but he could have bum rushed him he could have got in front of john doe i mean like you probably could have done more <laughs> okay so i did not know this and i looked up on youtube and it's sort of there but not really the alternate ending where david mills kills morgan freeman and john doe so sorry not oh, morgan freeman I, i'm brad pitt kills morgan freeman and john doe oh no i reason. need to yeah yeah hmm, we'll have to look that up i'm sure it's on her Blu-ray. yeah but yeah it's a it's an it's an alternate ending and uh apparently was it did not test very well Mm, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to see Morgan Freeman die. Nobody wants yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also wrote down. Uh, we I say this all the time. Any anytime there's you know we have, there's a question about anything in a box, I'm like, what's in the box? Yeah. So, 
I wrote that down because we quote that a lot. <laughs> so I have a question for you. What happens to Mills in the movie? I think he probably he. I think one of two things. One, they lock him up because he snapped and he can't come back to that. Like Killed lock up. him up in a psych ward or something because yeah. he's just devastated. Two, he goes on trial, pleads temporary insanity, and gets off. But I don't think he's ever a cop again. Yeah, uh, there's <laughs> been a lot. So there's a Reddit article that I was reading long after we finished this movie. And they they have different versions of like what happened to him after that. One is he ended up committing suicide. Like he just lost. Yeah. He, went, he snapped. Two, he goes on trial for for killing a, for killing a, a prisoner. Three, he gets locked up in a in a in the nut house the rest of his life. And you know there there are many different versions, like realistic versions of what happened to him. All of them all of them also involve him being arrested. So um, yeah, like yeah, you can't do that, but. Again, no jury in the world would convict him. I, I, I'm, I believe that in my heart. No jury in the world would convict him. <clears throat> One thing we have not mentioned yet, and this is the part that I completely forgot going into this. David Fincher made this movie. Yeah. David King Fincher, who is one of the greatest film directors working today. Like, I will watch anything he's in, and I completely forgot that he did Seven. And I know I'm like, pulled my movie card for me for that. And I, yes, I totally I admit it. No, nope, totally. Movie yeah. card for sure. But I'm watching it again. I'm like, this is pure Fincher. It's grimy. It's dirty. It's urban. And it's it's just a perfect, perfect blend of horror and, um, and sadism and, and so many other things. The scene where they actually get into John Doe's actual apartment and they're going through book, uh, sorry, thousands of books in there. And Morgan Freeman looks at him and goes, if we had 10 men reading round-the-clock shifts, it would take us three months to read all these books. And then you're like, you're like, this guy's been at this for years, and he, and he's not buying them. He's making them himself. And then the whole part where he's shaving his fingernails, his fingertips off, yeah, so he doesn't have plants. I was like, this dude is cuckoo. So yes, <laughs> yeah. But, so I have a question for you: Which of the deadly sins that you saw in the movie do you think was the most gruesome? Oh. Uh, I mean, the most gruesome, I'm, I think maybe was, um, lust was pretty gruesome, but also pride. I thought that was kind of like the most sad one because he found this like gorgeous model, cut up her face, wrapped it up and taped a phone to one hand and a bottle of sleeping pills in the other and just made her choose which was more important. You can live, but you'll be disfigured or you can die, you know, and she chose to die, which I think is sad. So I think yeah. to me, that was maybe the saddest one. Which one did you think was the most gruesome? Uh, the most gruesome, I think was the um, um, eat until your stomach burst. Oh yeah, that was, was pretty bad. But the one that got me, I was, and I'm, I, I couldn't tell if I was cheering for John Doe or what, but was the child molester who was left in a bed for a year, just emancipating and rotting away. And they were basically, he was basically just keeping him alive just enough to keep him alive. That was gruesome. And, but the best yeah. part was like at the end, the doctor said, and he still has hell to look forward to, you know, it was like, yeah. but again, it's like once he's like, you know, are you, you're rooting for him in that. Cause he, that's kind of how I feel like they should be. But yeah. And of course, then the, the one, um, was it lust with, Oh, that was gruesome. Yeah. Thank God they didn't show that. Yeah, but, no. uh, yeah, that was pretty bad. Yep. 
But let's just talk about one last thing. Let's just talk about the ending. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, who who saw that coming? You saw him. He was arrested. He was, you know, he totally gave himself up and he flat out played them. He's like, I know I can get, you know, I can plead insanity and and I'll, you know, they'll nobody's going to question that. <laughs> no one's going to question this. He's, he's like, so or cool. you could play my little game, you know, and we can see this to the end and I'll, I'll, I'll admit everything and I'll, yeah. he knew full well that he was not coming back alive. Yeah, you know. he knew that. That was yeah. his, that was his purpose. Yeah. His yeah. he was the seventh victim. Well, victim yeah. if you want to call it that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, nobody. Uh, I don't think anybody saw that coming. I mean, he starts to talk about his wife, and you're like, "Uh oh, he killed his wife." But you, even then, you don't think her head is going to be in the box. Like, what? Mm -hmm. oh, it's like what's in the box? Yeah. I just thought you can cut the child out of her too and put it in the box. That would oh. be even, that would have been just the worst that's so too that's too far yeah. but i'm just saying we're talking about this guy is you know doing stuff like that but no um yeah him in the end goading him in the car just like just poking at him and he knew he was like getting through to him too because um either mills didn't have the temperament for this job or or what since he kicked in a dude's door with no warrants you know i mean yeah yeah like he didn't have the temperament for this position yeah he Ill illegally entered a suspect's home without a warrant. Then yeah. he proceeds to pay off some like homeless junkie yeah. to like make up a story about seeing him at different times during the murders. And that's why I'm like, wow, you're a really crappy cop. <laughs> yeah. But no, um, I definitely think honestly that that last 10 minutes was some of the best cinema I've ever seen. It's, it's intense. And you're just and like the part of the, the the part for me that line that stuck out the most was basically the Morgan Freeman goes, if you kill him, he will win. Mm -hmm. And you're like, and that's like he's like, oh fuck. <laughs> you know, like, like, yeah, he's like, I don't want him to win. But he, <laughs> yeah, he goes back and forth. No, I don't yeah. want him to win. Nah, but he killed my wife. Oh, no, I'm gonna do yeah. it. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh yeah. And he, he and then you see like Kevin Spacey just close his eyes, like he knew it was coming and he just yeah. Put one in his head, and that was the end of the day. No, oh, no, he kept he entered the whole clip into him, didn't he? Or something. I think he shot him once or twice, and then even after he fell, he shot him again. He was like, yeah. "Screw it." Yeah, why not? <laughs> uh, notable performances. Who's your who's your who's your dog in this race? Well, of course, I am a huge Brad Pitt fan, but I thought, of course, he did really well. Morgan Freeman, obviously. Yeah. Okay, so my other notable performance is going to be Perry Cox. So he plays like the head SWAT detective, but every time I see him in anything television show movie whatever i always think of scrubs and i love that so i will say this uh for me i think kevin spacey was just incredible uh, in the end and you, you he's one of those people like you can actually like believe that he he get he gets so lost in these in these performances like you know when he was um from usual suspects he was perfect you know as the verbal kent and he was able to build you into this false sense of security of this who this person is this again he shows up and you're like hey i'm a really bad dude arrest me and then he sees to spend the next 15 minutes of the movie just eating every scene he stole the movie from pitt from freeman from everybody and it, it's i put it in my top three favorite kevin spacey performances easy also i will say this about the soundtrack some some nine inch nails in there some david bowie i mean there's some really really good tunes in there man you know credits uh the song that comes on when the 
credits are playing is kind of just like a creepy, grimy song. And I thought it was really cool. The credits looked like they had been, you know, cut up and taped back together. And they were running backwards, which I thought was like yeah. up the screen instead of down the screen or down the screen instead of up the screen. <laughs> so I'm reading here real quick. Um, people who were supposedly who originally were cast in this movie and turned it down. Denzel Washington was going to play um, or Somerset. Denzel Washington. No. Oh, because he was young. This is he was younger. Yeah. <laughs> Al Pacino was considered for the role of Detective Somerset, but he decided to do another movie instead. Denzel Washington and Sylvester Stallone turned down the role of Mills. Washington later said it was the one role in his career he regretted doing, not doing. Robert Duvall. Yeah, and he would have Gene... been really good in that. Oh, I agree. Robert Duvall and Gene Hackman also turned down the role of Detective Somerset. Hmm. Christina Applegate turned down the role of Tracy. And Val Kilmer and Michael Stipe were considered for the role of John Doe. Hmm. So that those are good choices. Yeah. So I would have loved to see Stallone in this movie. That would be that would have been perfect. You would love to see Stallone in any movie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Oh, it's so great. All right. So that being said, uh, let's get to our patented Derek and Mindy's uh, rating scale. Yes. All right. So Derek, will you tell us what is a one star? Bloody awful. Two star. Bloody uninspired. Three star. Bloody average. Four star. Bloody brilliant. And a five star. Bloody marvelous. I love that you say it like like a nan would say. <laughs> <laughs> so Derek, what are you going to give this final score? So I've I've sat on this now for a couple of days. And I was on my phone the other night. I couldn't sleep and I was replaying. Yes, this is the weirdest thing to do. Replaying scenes of seven on my phone and <laughs> no wonder you couldn't sleep well <laughs> yeah i gotta say i i thought i was gonna give it a four i'm gonna give it a five bloody marvelous it is an amazing amazing film and one that i hope will finally see the light of day on 4k ultra high definition because that would be a stellar entry into my collection i agree I also gave this five stars, so bloody marvelous all around. Wow. I, I cannot think of anything they could have done differently or better, like yep. amazing cast, amazing performances, creepy, weird storyline, very original. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's five awesome. for me as well. Awesome. All right. Well, as we begin to close out this episode, we have got a great announcement for Duval Nation. In case you've been paying attention, the Derek Duval Show has teamed up with the amazing folks at T Public. To bring you amazing Derek Duvall themed merchandise. We've got mugs, stickers, magnets, all that bear the logo of Derek Duvall's show. And that's an added bonus, Derek and Mindy's fun with movies. We have a link on DerekDevallShow.com to purchase from our store. Go to the left side of the banner, click merch, and on, on that page you will see a link that takes you directly to our store on T Public. And we want to thank T Public for being such amazing partners. All right, folks, on behalf of Derek and myself, we thank you for joining us. You keep listening and we'll keep putting them out. Until next time, we'll, we'll see you at the movies, planet Earth. Earth. This has been a recording of the Derek Duval Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvalShow.com, to explore past episodes and find links to purchase merchandise. Please subscribe to our social media channels on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Derek Duval Show.